This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. Today's episode comes to you from Southampton, New Hampshire, where I took a visit to one of the larger vegetable farms within the Northeast with Andre Contelmo of Heron Pond Farm. My name is Andre Contelmo. We're here at Heron Pond Farm in Southampton, New Hampshire, where we grow 60 acres of mixed vegetables um, and gross uh, between a million, million five a year. Uh, we have uh, diversity in sales with wholesale, direct to consumer, uh, roadside stand, um, farmer's market, and CSA. Today's episode, I'm calling The Random Show with Andre because it just covers a whole bunch of equipment. Uh, we ended up just walking around his farm, you know, through the, the farm roadways and, and looking at the parked equipment that he's got and talking about this and that and the other thing, what he likes about it, some of the little tick, tips and tricks. We talk about things like uh, the BCS flail mower, his Chi-Chi harvester, a fertilizer handler, potato digger, green bean harvester, bag sealer, bean picker, flame weeder, and harvest crates. So stay tuned for this one. I think it'll be entertaining and educational. And while I have your attention, I just want to remind you that if you visit our website, agengepodcast.com, that's where I share photos and any links to videos that I took on this farm visit. So if you want to see what we're talking about, be sure to check out agengepodcast.com to go see those photos because not all of them make it to social media. So follow along as we take a tour of some of the equipment on this farm. Um, you have a bunch of people who probably showed you these, but like I, I can't believe I, um, I just got it this year. And the flail mower ah. is freaking insane. <laughs> it's great for so many things. So many things. And especially when you're talking about food safety and trying to keep like paying some kid with a weed whacker to do your buildings. If you clear your buildings and your greenhouses and stuff so you can just get around it with this, it goes so much better than a weed whacker, so much cleaner. That's we have this attachment and, of course, the rototiller attachment, and that's all we need. But, I mean, it, it is... Uh, it's beastly. You know, a flail mower on a BCS, I mean, that, that's a... It looks like a professional level tool, you know, no DR machine here. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, there's the DR machine that's retired. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and the and and the and the string mower that we'll never probably use again. Yeah, right. That's so old versus new here. Yeah, these are the, the, those two mowers: the string mower, the the DR mower. Um, yeah, and the push mower behind. Yeah. Yeah, the push mower's behind. Yeah, uh, yeah. We use this sucker, <laughs> and as I get older, I mean, it it drives itself, man. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't mess around. Like, I was like, hey, if I'm buying, I got, I got the electric start. Oh, of course. If you're going to have a BCS, it, why, why, why am I going to? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is everything. And, um, and then I like it for indoor. Um, you know, I, I can bring my tractor into the greenhouses to till. Mm -hmm. But I really do like bringing this in with the tiller. And I got the uh, roller uh, attachment, the depth attachment for mine. So you can make these really nice flat beds with it. Like after you do your primary tillage, get like your tomatoes, you have all those walk aisles and then you're gonna move it to greens in the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, we do, we, we do it without the, the, the depth thing. 
go around and just like break everything up. Yeah. And then I'll set out my beds and, you know, put down my amendments and then incorporate the amendments just at like, you know, three inches or something um, because it's greens. And it really makes a nice bed. It just rolls it out. It's pretty sweet. So this, I'm going to show you, is one of my cheapest, best things. It's, I think, $7. Okay. And it's a flow meter for your water. So if you're filling up a spray tank and you're like looking at those stupid hash marks on the side of your tank <laughs> and you're like, or if you're mixing up anything, mixing fertilizer, mixing up anything, parts per million or whatever, you want to know exactly how many gallons instead yep. of like taking a measuring cup. You know, like our big sprayers, you know, like maybe we do like 40 gallons to an acre, 70 gallons to an acre. If I'm doing a whole big thing, I just fill it up, you know, um, and that's easy. And I could do that out of the ponds and stuff. But if I use this for like, oh, I'm only going to spray two tenths of an acre. Yeah. How do you measure the water that's got five gallons of water into a spray? How do you imagine 12 gallons of water? You know? And you don't want, yeah, you're not going to fill buckets. You can't tell by the... By the hose. Fucking thing is awesome. And now you don't have waste in your tank that you have to deal with. Yeah, either. and you got the right, if you cal spent all this time calibrating, you spent all this time calibrating your, your sprayer, right? You went out there, you calibrated the sprayer and you made sure that like, you know, um, each, you know, each screen is all clean. Every nozzle is operating properly. You put like the beginning of the season, you put like buckets under each one. You measured that they were all coming out equal. You did a hundred feet and you measured it over that time and you've measured your gallons per acre of that. So now you know how much water you're spraying. And then from there, you're following your label and you're getting the exact dosage that way. And then you go to add your water and you either made it too dilute or too rich. It matters. Why? <laughs> so 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 why'd you calibrate the sprayer? Yeah. I mean, like, if you're gonna guess by that damn hash mark on the side <laughs> of the thing, like, where where is there a level spot? One, two, they're in ten gallon increments. <laughs> like, how are you gonna see any of that? No, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. And like you said, for less than ten bucks, just yeah. One of those little tools. Oh, the spreader? Yeah, it's a nice that, looking wagon. That is not a wagon. <laughs> it is a fertilizer spreader or lime spreader uh -huh. or wood ash spreader. You could spread wet lime with it. It's got a stainless steel feed belt. You recognize this? Yeah, that looks familiar. Yeah, AZS. <laughs> yeah. yeah same. Right. So it's a, that's the same type of belt that they're using on the AZS machines. This is a BDI style unit. It's got the double beaters in the back. And then you have the gate, the lift gate. And your lift gate tells you where you're at. And you can save a little money by getting your fertilizer. I'll show you the way that we load it. <clears throat> you get your fertilizer in the sling, sling bags for, all yep. for that. Then the time saving is huge. You just put the sling bags over there, uncork them, they dump all in, you go out, you can do a couple acres. We have to put, we have to cover our fertilizer. Got nailed by the freaking FISMA inspector. <laughs> uh, because birds can poop 
on my fertilizer bag. And that's tr that's a treated amendment, so you don't want to make it raw. So I had to. Yeah. Well, now it blew off. <laughs> While you're here. Tell. This is picture worthy. Okay. So those are your sling bags, right? I can't remember which farmer I stole this from. This is my own design on it, but I was out of talk. It was at the New England conference, I think. Take the sling bag. We put the forks through those, through the eyelets, right? Here and here. You take the forks through the eyelets and then you put the sling bag on here. There's a, there's a hole in the bottom of the sling bag. It goes in there. You take your forks, you pick up the whole deck. Now you are, you can get this much higher because you couldn't get it as high because your first amount of your forks are already this high off the ground when you have it this way and then it sags. But now you're on a solid ground, you pick it up. And also, you're not thinking your life depends on this. Although I've never had one to riff. But anyway, um, you put this over that, uh, over that big red fertilizer hopper and then you pull the you know, cord and untie it and, and it dumps out the middle chute and goes right in. And that's how we load it. Yeah, otherwise you could pick up the, the bag that's sitting on a pallet, but you can't get to the bottom. You can't get to the bottom. Simple enough. Simple enough. Low tech, high tech. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that, that's the thing is sometimes an hour to yeah. screw something together can make a big difference. This is the cute little thing that there's a video of. This is a Chechi Magli little um, potato harvester. I'll show you our big harvester if you want. Um, but this is the potato harvester. And it just, you've seen these work, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just shakes off, lose the stuff. I mean, man, you can't beat it. I don't think, I think this was under $4,000. Yeah, it seems like those are fairly affordable. And like, they're so gentle. Have, have you broken it? I was talking to another farmer and he said he's gone through like several parts on the thing. Did he buy a Chechi or did he buy the Polish one? Oh, I don't know. Is it, if it was orange or is it blue? It might have been, it might have been the blue one. Yeah. They use a softer steel. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. In European production, the steel regions, so Italy is where all the smelters are. Italy's like the Pittsburgh, mm. um, right? And so they have like all these harder steels and stuff. You go up to... Um, Poland and Eastern Europeans and you're getting like a lot of the Russian smelts and the steel uh, they can run a softer grade steel and so you can break stuff they're pretty much virtually identical designed um, but the Chechi if you come over here you can see they um, they also use the hardened steel parts for part of their things so um, they have the soft steel in their collar ties but their um, their shaft and their shaker shaft is hardened steel, right? And so I think that that probably makes a difference. There's a 700 to $1,000 difference in the, the, as well. Yeah, yeah. And so we got this one because uh, it's been another like super handy thing. And I was telling you that the new potatoes can be like a $65,000 an acre thing, but you want to get them out of the ground. You don't want to undercut them and have people like digging with their hands. Yeah. They're all sitting on. You've seen it run. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. sitting on top, and they Gently don't have a lifts and they don't have a skin dirt. on them. 
We were right here and the harvester is right here. Oh, okay. This is the uh, potato harvester. So the deck folds down and like the 20 bushel bins go there. You know, your potato crop goes up here across the side. Yeah, I mean, um, it's here for the winter, but uh, I mean, yeah, and it's summer, but we don't pull it out until the end of August. Okay. And then we start doing bin harvests then and then we'll hunker down and get the bulk of it. So we just, but we only do, we only do like five acres of potatoes. And I probably, the way we sell them and what we do with them, I, I probably should be doing 20 acres of potatoes, <laughs> but I don't. I'm, I, I'm gonna do more and more, I think now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I enjoy potatoes. Yeah. I enjoy having the variety and diversity and it's just, yeah. And you can't like, I like the fact that like, oh, you can't get these varieties anywhere else. And, the customers dig it, you know. I'm actually rebuilding it right now. Oh, this is something that everybody should do, and I, I, I've seen people with much better ones than mine, but like um, rodent-tight seed room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think uh, everybody, everybody should have like a little rodent-tight seed room because there's nothing more annoying. <laughs> So is there anything special about it besides well well constructed? It's vented. I still have to sometimes put my lettuce seeds and stuff. It might get too hot in here in the summer. Sometimes I have to put the lettuce seeds in a flip cup container in the walk-in cooler. Because mm. you know lettuce gets too hot, it doesn't germinate the seed. Okay. Yeah. And something you could reset it by putting it in the freezer, but you know. I don't know how many times it resets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typically you think once a seed is toast, it's toast. Like did I see a video you had an oxbow green beans harvester? Oh yeah, right over here. But I'll give show you the oxbow. And you'll get to see how it works because it's a part. <laughs> well, you can't see with the shrouds on. Right, right. So we're rebuilding the head on this. And putting new brushes in and replacing the tines. So with the cover on, you get the other the other feeder. But this is where your row would go right here. And you have this feeder on one side and there's a little spake, there's another one of these on the other side. And that like picks up the plants. They come into this chamber right here and these fingers go through and it's turning this way and they rake the plants and pull off the beans. And then the rakes hit this brush and the brush stops the beans from go flying up around and the, and the beans hit this Beans and leaves, all the leaves. <laughs> um, the beans and the leaves hit this. And so it looks like just like a green, like just foliar stuff. And it comes up here and they fall into this chamber. And this is like a big blower and it sucks all of the leaves out and chucks them off to the side. And then just the green beans come up on this conveyor and they fall onto the deck and we have them stacked. And what happens over the years is you hit rocks and stuff and you break these sets. And so we're missing 25 tines <laughs> and this, these uh, brushes. And so I'm going to, you know, I, we're just gonna replace these 25 times in the brushes, put it all back together and actually gotta go pick beans next week. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pretty high priority project. It's a high, this is this is this is on the top of my list of things that's going on.
Yeah, which so, is why the cooler doesn't get worked on all the time. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. This all broke. This was like something that should have been on the winter list. Shit. Now it's an August thing. Now it's an August list. Yeah. So, uh, like, where'd you find this? Where did I find this? I found this in Fall River, Mass. Oh. I got, yeah. So it's just some other farm had some it. Some other farm had it, and he wanted to get rid of it. You know, um... Tom, the seed rep from Savage Seed, said, hey, one of my customers is not growing beans anymore. He has a bean picker. Do you want it? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I grabbed it. And I spent as much on this as I had to spend on the, um, you need a sort table and, um, and a feeder. And I, I, mean, I got this machine. And then, you know, I was like, oh, now you have to have a sort table. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to buy the sort table from a dealer. And I, I spent more on the sort table and the, the conveyor than I did on this. So, as you saw, like we just unwrapped that thing. This still has the foam blocker. <laughs> like, but it's the um, conveyor belt. Like the conveyor belt, you put it on the rail, goes through, oh, seals, yeah. seals the thing. It's friggin', you know, this is adjustable for the height of the bag, you know? I wanna put a little blower on the front, little hair dryer blower with a cool setting, because it'll puff open the bag and you can put a little yep. air in it. And I just wanna, I'm just gonna mount, I'm just gonna mount something off the top so that I can have the blower. And see the thing just takes it. Was this a Charlie's purchase too? Yeah, I mean, but they just buy them out of China. They don't do anything, you know, like you could, Nothing you special, could, yeah. you could take the VIN number and, <laughs> you know, buy and like get rid of his markup. Which, you know, but the thing is, like, but Charlie's will put a year warranty on it for you. Okay, yeah. Which is, you know, then. And, and, and also, if you, if, you get it, if you get it from someplace and you import it, like, who are you going to call to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Or oh, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, how do I go? Oh, Unless I, you've been through my guys broke the belt. Where, where do I get another one? You know, like, they figured all that out. There's a yeah. reason that not everybody imports their own TerraTech tractor. You You're know? right, right. It's not I mean, easy. It's, it's a service. Um, but I like the it's head a nice adjustability. Piece of equipment. Yeah, it is. And to tell you the truth, talk about time savings. We were talking about like, um, you do um, do the numbers on like how many times you do to seal a bag. And like, if you're making those bags in that thing, setting them, two people are making the bags, and one person is running this, right? Um, they're putting them through. And then also because of the ceiling on both sides, you can now do custom printed bags. Mm. You can do other things, which you can't do when you're like, you know, binding a bag together and putting it through like one of these things. Like everybody's got these, right? Yeah. Click. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you do that. These are the head units that go on there. Yep. This, this unit, um, bolts from here and bolts on the back of the thing so you mm -hmm. have the good visibility and then the scale just sits on that deck but you've seen these th i mean you've, yeah. you've been around but i think it's cool all right let's go for a ride you like your hay groves i love it except you know if it gets too hot you lose fruit set you can kind of see zones here yeah like we had good fruit and you're kind of missing this story right here and then all this fruit here so right here i tell you it was just too hot there's some center fruit in here could be varietal time 
Tomato flowers are only viable for 24 hours out of their life, and if it gets above 90 degrees, shuts down the pollen, and that's it. But for this, think about this. Like these is that plants, what this yellowing is? No, the, the, uh, that is actually not saprophilic, really, that bad. Um, there's some other stuff here. I'll find you. That might be something, these lesions here. I actually can't find the leaf mold right now. That looks like heat damage to me. Mm. Um, yeah, we're not in a bay with a lot of leaf mold in yeah. it right now, but it'll come. <laughs> that looks like <clears throat> that looks like verticillium to me. But in general, I mean, now you look at all the top blossoms. Yeah. And it, you know, so now I have to fertilize the hell out of it to get some fruit. Hopefully, keep them alive late because we lost a lot of the early fruit, and you want to get the tonnage, you know, even if they're small. But like, okay, so it's raining again. This leaf is dry. I mean, makes you like the hay grove a lot. Yeah. We're leaving it open. Uh, normally, if it was only a couple rainy events or something, we'd close <laughs> in between. We're leaving it open just because we like air, get the moisture, like, yeah. even if it's raining, just like, let's just have some moisture. If there's any breeze, keep Anything, it moving. Yeah, yeah, keep it moving, keep it moving. But I mean, in the hay grove, you get a fruit, I mean, they all look perfect. Mm. All of the fruit look perfect. Like in, you go out in the field, it splits and everything else. And we took this thing off the truck yesterday. The scales are upstairs for it. But you know, like everything else this year, we ordered, I, I paid for this in December of, of 2020 and uh, it showed up yesterday, <laughs> you know? But you've seen these at Jericho Settlers oh, yeah. and everything. Yep. More I'm, people need those. I'm looking forward to using it. I like the fact that the displays get bolted on back here so you have some distance. But we have to clean out the room. Where'd you order this one from? Charlie's. Yeah, yep. And we, we just got the nice two stuff. shoots. We got the this shoot and the and the small shoot for the individual bags. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If I can ask you or direct you to do one thing, that is to go to the website for this podcast, agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. There you'll find the show notes. You'll find links to the farmer who we chatted with today, as well as photos or videos uh, from the call when I visited the farm. If you've got some feedback to share, my contact information's on there, or you can leave me a voicemail, and you can do that right from the link in the description in the mobile app you're listening to this to, so go ahead and do that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.